Today's Coffee Connection is a musical episode. I chatted with Felicitas Schiffner, a current DAD scholarship recipient and a German violinist. My name is Hanni Geist. Welcome to Coffee Connections. Felicitas is originally from Lübeck and is now a master's student at the New England Conservatory in Boston. She shared her path from playing a tiny violin as a four-year-old to being accepted at Juilliard to now studying in Boston. Felicitas talks about her love of classical music, and she shares two of her beautiful performances. Have a listen. My name is Felicitas Schiffler. I am a violinist. I play violin. I'm from Germany. I was born in Lübeck, which is near Hamburg in Germany. And I studied in Frankfurt, did there my undergrad. And right now I came to uh, Boston. I'm studying at the New England Conservatory right now with uh, Mr. Weilerstein. And you're a DAD scholarship recipient. So that's how we got connected. You mentioned a name who's your mentor. So how did you decide to study in the U.S. and specifically in Boston with the mentor that you mentioned? My mentor is Donald Weilerstein. He is a great pedagogue in the United States. I met him 2019 in Germany, actually in my hometown in Lübeck. He did a masterclass and I applied and played for him. And then we got to talk together and yeah, he told me I should do the audition at the NEC. Back then he also told me to do the audition in Juilliard, which I did and also was successful, but I like Boston ways more kind of. So I decided to come to Boston. Yeah, in between there was the pandemic too. I wanted to come one year earlier, 21 last year, last September I came here. Without the DAAD supporting me, it would definitely not be possible. So it is a great gift and a great present for me too, that people are supporting. The music school in Boston, I'm, I'm not familiar with because I'm not in that universe, but Juilliard is certainly something that I've heard before. And I know that is quite an accomplishment to get accepted there. So congratulations. That's really, uh, that shows how uh, skilled you are as a violinist. Uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, NEC, New England Conservatory is great too. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just love the city of Boston. It's, uh, mm -hmm. oh, and it's a very old city for United States. And I feel very comfortable here. She shared some recordings with me, and one of them was uh, Beaussois by Debussy. And we'd like to share that. Anything you can tell me about this and why you decided to share that? Bourgeois, well, it's such a, such a beautiful song. It is actually based on a French poem by Paul Bourget, and DBC decided to uh, write music for it. It was actually not for violin and piano, which is the ensemble we, we were playing, but then it was transcribed by uh, Yasha Heifetz, who was also in the United States, for violin and piano, and... Yes, I, I just love it so, so much. And it's just so, so beautiful.
do you have a favorite piece and a favorite composer? I guess those were two questions, but you said you uh, found Boswell quite beautiful. Is that the your favorite piece to play or are there others that you really enjoy? And um, no, I uh, it's not my, I don't have favorite. The thing is for me personally, I don't have favorite composers. I mean, Debussy is just wonderful. And the, I mean, my job is it actually to, or my work is it to find the beauty in every composer and to really understand every language of every composer and the idea of the composer, what the piece is about, what colors are, and it is, are in it and it is so different from composer to composer and even from one composer from piece to piece and uh, that's super challenging and um, if I would say I just love love this one composer I would uh, definitely cut my cut myself off of uh, being very open and searching for the beauty in every composition mm. so I don't do that but what I do love for example, genres for which ensembles or for what instruments composers used to write. For example, they can write for an orchestra, symphonies, or they can write for chamber music or for solo, solo instruments, solo violin, for example. What I really love, everything is so beautiful, but uh, is chamber music. For us musicians, it's so much fun to really be in a dialogue with, with each other. So when um, you say chamber music, yeah. since I'm not a musician, I've oh. heard the term before, but would you uh, be able to explain that? Yes, chamber music, it is actually simply you play together with other people, like an ensemble, like string mm. quartet, you're four or you're three or five or just two people. That's, yeah, that is a lot of fun. But composers, for example, this piece, it's written, this version of it is written for violin and piano. Um, so it is kind of chamber music, but they can also write for solo violin and there's so, so beautiful and wonderful pieces out there. And yeah, of course, orchestra and operas. There's so much to discover. How, and I asked you that before when we spoke and you said that that doesn't really work the, the same way for um, classical music, but how can you show your individuality um, in the performance? Yes, that is different for us classical musicians. And also if you are in the position of interpreted piece and interpreting a piece, it is not about you kind of. I mean, your job is really to embrace the composition, feel it, understand it, and then give it to other people and really to perform it. So of course, in this process, you will your mark in it kind of because you can just feel it your way, so in your very particular way. But the idea is not from you. We are interprets. So you mentioned your mentor here in the US and, and you said that he's exceptional. So just for for me to understand, like how why is he special, for example? So when you listen to music and, and for you as someone who's playing the violin yourself. Like what makes a performance exceptional and what makes a mentor exceptional? First of all, like it's Mr. Weinerstein, he is also an amazing musician, like amazing performer. And yeah, it's so, so much to learn from him. And with this classical music and 
interpreting compositions, you grow so much by years and also your interpretation, it changes by years, how you grow. Yeah, but this is also another thing to teach. That's even another thing um, than just performing. And Mr. Weidenstein, he's just amazing. And it's, um, it always has to fit the student and the teacher, like the chemistry, because it's just one person to one person. So the way you talk with each other it just has to kind of click that you have a really good working atmosphere. And I mean, everyone is so different. So it's this relationship, uh, student and teacher is, uh, yeah, it really has to fit. It's not like a normal, uh, if you study something and have a big hall of students and there's a professor in front and it does not matter so much, but for us, it matters a lot. That's it's a really, it's a mentor. And yeah, he brings he brings great great ideas out of your yourself and helps helps you to grow kind of. So you said that your interpretation, the way you play, changes. Do you have an example in and how that might change over the years? Oh, um, definitely yes. Um, for I guess from the outside, you uh, people would uh, uh, see it more clearly than I do. Um, because you're in the pro, pro process for yourself. Um, I mean, violin, it's such a sensitive, I mean, every instrument, but violin in particular, such a sensitive uh, instrument. If you change one little thing in your uh, movement or body posture or vibrato, for example, vibrato is uh, so connected to your soul and everything is for expression, kind of. That that's the idea. Why did they, why you do it? And yeah, it's like like be like being a normal human being. You uh, experience things and you think about different things differently in in a year, and also experience and feel them differently. It's maybe not that um, a, a big difference like with singers, but we we always try to um uh, to catch the the human voice and how singers sing we try to imitate that um so definitely that is uh that is i guess about the personal mark how you feel things and how you express things and that's very unique how, how you are as an artist and yeah definitely so um i wanted to ask that at the very beginning and i i realized i forgot I'm really curious for you to share when you actually started playing the violin and what you love about playing the violin. So I started when I was four years old. Um, I was very lucky. I grew up in a musical family. Um, music was all over my house, um, my family. Um, so my surrounding was uh, very supporting. Um, my parents are lucky, not professionals. So sometimes it's really great <laughs> that they are um they just really love music um how did you so, decide on playing the violin and not any other instrument for example my sister was actually starting it she was six years old by that time and of course as a younger sister you you're just amazed about everything she, uh, your older sister does <laughs> and so I really wanted to try it and wanted to to experience that 
and then it's happened that we went to a luthier one time um, i think my sister needed to fix something on the violin and then i saw a very small violin hanging on the wall it was a atel violin they are very small and very cute <laughs> and yes i just fall in love um I really wanted to play it and uh, then I got it for the birthday. Um, yes, and that was, uh, that was a great thing and I was so excited. And yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> and then I assume like when you're really young, maybe your parents have to say, hey, have you uh, practiced today? Or was that right when you were really young, you were just really passionate about it and practiced as much as you could? Oh, I was more like, very passionate. <laughs> My parents were always more like, uh, no, they, they are really relaxed about that. They didn't have to force me or tell me what to do. I, when I was six, I got a very good teacher too, before I was taught by my mother, which was amazing. Yeah. And so it all went naturally for me. So you said earlier that um, you like playing chamber music. Is there any like instrument that's different from yours that you really enjoy playing with? Um, definitely, I love to play, uh, well, I definitely also love to play other other uh, genres, but um, one really great thing is string quartet, which mm -hmm. is uh, one cello, one viola, and two violins. And the repertoire for this, um, ensemble is just amazing like composers wrote so so many things for this and you can learn so much i asked you earlier about your favorite piece and and favorite composer and and your everything that you do or that you play is like back from i don't know decades centuries ago um can you share some because with pop culture that's always kind of there in the media and you learn a lot about them um do you also learn about the composers and what they did and is there anything fun that you can share well definitely yes Sibelius for example he was uh like many musicians uh, he drank a lot um <laughs> what's the name of the composer uh John Sibelius uh, Finnish composer, one of the greatest Finnish composers. Um, I mean, yeah, if, if you know this and um, you can hear it, you can find it in the music, you can think for yourself like sceneries or um, Tchaikovsky, also like uh, people coming out of the pop, I don't know, like very basic uh, <laughs> sceneries where you just use your imagination what he could thought, have thought about um so you went to a pub and yeah. then got a little bit tipsy and then get came home and wrote a piece <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> beethoven for example if you know about his personality in one moment he was very oh i love all the people i love you and then at the other other moment he was like shouting at them and being very angry and Sometimes it's, if you read stories, how composers behaved sometimes, it can be quite uh, funny, but you also like, you have, you, you see that, you read that, and then you see it in the music too, suddenly, and then you have to embrace it and then perform it, like be, being kind of in the same mm. uh, state. 
our big thing in music, of course, love, love mm. stories, how people experience love. For example, operas, it's always about love, mm. kind of. And yeah, it's like one of the big themes. It can be humorous, it can be heartbreaking, it can be, it's always fun to watch, I guess. <laughs> Depends what you're watching, but, or listening to. A big other thing is often that, at that, mm. what people think about, what people write about, and also funny things about mm. life, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. So you're working on your master's right now. And then once you graduate, where do you see yourself? Um, so I definitely want to continue learning. And um, I guess I, I have another degree somewhere. Um, but my goal is now just I want to play. I want to perform. I want to be out there and I just want to play music. It's uh, I'm so hungry for it. And also this uh, pandemic, you could not perform. And mm. I also experienced it when there was a concert um, that uh, the audience, the people, they they were so waiting for it and looking for it just to hear music. And you give people to such a, an amazing job, actually, uh, we can do so. Um, Live music is just way better than recorded music. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. And this is something that um, I have to say again, that the music that we hear from you is actually from a live performance. Oh, it is. Yes. Both the pieces I think we're going to play are, yes. Normally, if you just have audio, you would cut and make it perfect like have a studio version of it um, but both of them are live recordings i think the last one is from last year during pandemic and it's always strange to perform just in front of a camera instead of mm. people it's yeah it's a it's just a strange thing <laughs> is there something that people get wrong about playing the violin being a violinist well maybe if it's one thing i Think about sharing it is just a um, people might have the the idea of classical music being boring or something um but that's literally not true um i would just suggest to um take a chance and just listen to some some things like symphonies or uh there's, there's so many different styles and so many different languages and it is so much fun to explore uh, the classical music and the world of classical music. I would it it, it is so much it gives everyone just to just to listen to it. Yeah, if I if I would think about something, yeah, people should check out classical music. I guess <laughs> you have so many characters and so many different colors and sceneries, and you could do opera, you could do symphony, you could do chamber music, solo. It is a beautiful thing about it. It's it's going directly open in your heart. That's a very, very, very special, interesting language. Tells you so much and gives you so much. Not that other other music directions are not good or anything. I love hip hop, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you played the violin uh, with with some hip hop in it? That would be a good. That would be an interesting <laughs> oh, no, I, I collaboration. Haven't done that yet. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm if you do that at some point, please share that with me. I'm very curious what that would sound like. But in the meantime, you shared The Last Rose of Summer by Anne uh, that you played. It's a nine minute, 30 seconds. So that's going to be here at the end of this podcast episodes to listen to in full. Is there something specific you can share? Where did you choose that particular piece? Well, this last rose of summer, originally it was um, an Irish, it's a um, folk music, an Irish folk music. The composer, um, Heinrich, Heinrich Wilhelm Ernst, he was one, back then in the days, he was one of the uh, greatest violinists. He was, uh, could compete with Paganini back then, which actually nearly no one could. So he's a great violin player. And yeah, this Last Rose of Summer, it is an introduction, then the song or this theme comes up, and then there are some variations on this theme. It shows you actually the very many techniques and ideas you can have on the violin, like uh, double stops, staccato, pizzicato, it is very brilliant and for for violin studies and violin people it's always one of the hardest pieces actually from the technical side but besides that it is actually also if you you have spent some practice with it it is actually also sometimes some fun to play it Thank you. 
this was my coffee connection with Felicia Schiffner. I hope you enjoyed the last rose of summer as much as I did. All content is created and edited by me, Honey Geist. If you would like to get in touch, send an email to geist at dad.de. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you at the next coffee break.